Welcome to The Hidden Edge, the go-to podcast on mental fitness for business leaders and their teams by me, Jody Rogers, peak performance consultant to world-leading organizations and author of The Hidden Edge, why mental fitness is the only advantage that matters in business, now available on Amazon. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let's get stuck in, shall we? I'm excited you're here at our first episode of The Hidden Edge. And I thought what I would do is cover off a little bit around what is the hidden edge? What is mental fitness? Why are we talking about it? Why not? So let's dig in. The hidden edge is really what we believe, what I strongly believe, is the competitive advantage both in life and in business what do I mean by that well too often we focus on what is what we believe is important outside of us so in business terms that's the market the competitors innovation the projects that we have the P&L <laughs> the budget the resources all of these things and we don't pay enough attention to what's going on inside of us and if we if we reflect on that and the fact that most of the great things in life have started with an idea, with some courage, maybe a little bit of fear. These are really things that, that are part of our internal world. So we have inner resources, which can be an asset for us if we, A, are aware of them and B, know how to leverage them. And that's the idea behind mental fitness. Let me pause for a second to explain mental fitness. You will have heard the terms mental illness, you'll have heard well-being, you'll have heard wellness, resilience, especially in 2020, you've heard these terms. And I'll talk about 2020 in a second. Uh, But what is mental fitness? Well, You can probably imagine, but for clarity, I'm going to explain it anyway. I want you to imagine a spectrum, okay? And on the left-hand side, let's say mental illness is there, or illness in general. And in work terms, you might uh, say in there would be stress, burnout, anxiety, maybe depression, overwhelm, etc. And in the middle, we have wellness. And wellness and well-being, generally the focus there is to keep people from the left-hand side from illness, right? And many of our companies do have um, well-being or occupational health or areas of focus in this area. And then on the right-hand side, we have mental fitness. What is that all about? Well, if the left-hand side is all about focusing on illness and trying to get people to recovery, fitness is all about really enhancing and strengthening what we already have. So let's use a very, it's an analogy, but it's not so far from, from this concept, which is the physical world, okay? In the medical world, Really, the focus for for centuries was on disease and and illness and and vaccines and really eradicating problems. Around 30 years ago, there was a massive awakening where the medical world realized that, hold on a minute, if we actually focus some attention on 
education, on teaching people about diet, about nutrition, about physical exercise, about vitamins, all of these things, that we could keep millions out of the system. We could save billions. And by the way, we can enhance the lives of millions of people. That's a trifecta. Isn't that a good idea? And so was born the physical wellness world. We have all sorts of things from personal trainers to nutritionists to it's a whole industry. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. And it's a good one because we all benefit from that. Well, I'm calling for the exact same thing, for the exact same focus on our our mental fitness. Yes, we need to put energy, time and investment into keeping people out of the illness space. But equally, we need to be putting time, energy and money behind the mental fitness space where we are teaching people about their minds. We're helping them understand thinking patterns, their emotional responses to the events and situations that occur in life and in business, understanding their typical and behavioral patterns and their actions and how that relates to their their beliefs their values and so on because the truth is this knowledge is out there it's just not being democratized but most people don't actually know that much about their inner world Right now, today in 2020, we are learning a lot more. We have been accelerated into this moment because of the global pandemic. And what has that meant, unfortunately, is that we are dealing with a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. So really, we're kind of in the left. Many of us, many leaders, many of their teams are in the left-hand side of that spectrum, which isn't always the best place to do the work. It's so much easier to get from a one to a plus three, a plus five, than it is to get from a minus five to a minus four. And so the mental fitness movement, and it really is a movement because I'll be damn sure of making it a movement, is all about focusing our attention on this, what what can be a preventative approach to to well-being and to um, mental fitness is a preventative approach really to anxiety, stress, burnout, etc. Now, why is that important? Well, look, it's always been important, but the truth is we've been working with um, we've been working with big companies, big organizations for the last decade. And we, so I'm saying we, I should explain what that is. So my company is Symbia. And we work with leadership teams and their wider teams in companies like Unilever, L'Oreal, Coca-Cola, Barclays, Upfield, Edwards, all sorts of companies. Some you've heard of, some you haven't. And we really work on, on unlocking performance. And for years, honestly, we've had the Trojan horse in this concept of mental fitness. Anything to do with um, the inner world has been a little bit People have been insecure about it because they don't fully understand it. In 2020, I'm happy to say that the door is wide open. We don't have to Trojan horse it in anymore. We do still have to do a little bit of convincing, though, because it's an unfamiliar topic for many people. 
one of our biggest clients, Unilever, though, I have to say, are really pioneering the way when it comes to this topic. They have what they call the standards of leadership, which are the most important levers that they believe everybody in their company should be focusing on. And historically, they've always been the typical ones, right? Business acumen, financial acuteness, consumer closeness, etc., etc. What Unilever have done the last few years, which, you know, I really respect, is they have divided their standards of leadership into two core camps. One is the outer game, which your typical ones would be in there. So business acumen and consumer love, et cetera, et cetera. And then the other, which is much more fascinating and I'm so excited by, is the inner game. And they acknowledge that in the inner game, it really is about tapping into these uh, this inner resource of how you show up, personal mastery, what is your purpose, et cetera, et cetera. So with knowing one of the giants in the in the marketing world are doing this work uh, and we are we are partnering them in that work, it gives me hope that other companies will and are starting to wake up to the importance of this. And so we want to be part of that movement and part of wakening up business to the importance of this idea of, of mental fitness, to acknowledging that the minds and the hearts of our people are our most important asset and can be a competitive advantage in business, but also in life. So much, there's so much benefits from this work for the individual, for business and for society. And how do I know that? Because we've been doing this work. We've been doing this work for for the last decade and we've been much more focused on it in the last, I would say the last 20 months and definitely the last eight months, which brings me to the why now question. Like I said, it's always been important, but if you visualize that spectrum again, Back to the kind of left-hand side and even the centre, it's taboo. It's largely been unspoken. You don't really get access to this content, to these exercises, to these tools until you're already a little bit broken. And that's the wrong way around. We should be really empowering and enabling all people to understand the workings of their mind, to understand emotional regulation, what it is and how to do it, how to manage fear and uncertainty. Because because A, it just makes for a better life. And B, let's face it, it's not just about keeping people out of that left-hand side. It's not just about keeping people out of out of uh, illness and struggles and challenges. But when you better understand the workings of the mind, the internal world, your thinking, your emotions and your behaviours, you are much more able to manage setbacks, challenges and change. What does that lead to? That leads to an adaptable and agile workforce. Isn't that useful? Oh, hell yeah, it's useful because there's exponential change all around us. And if 2020 taught us anything, it's taught us the speed of that change. Every industry that we work with has been accelerated because, well, we know adversity brings great innovation and it's just 
adaptability and agility we know and the UN have been talking about it for the last few years as part of Industry 4.0, which is the next phase of, of our working world that we're moving into, that the speed of change is only going to increase. And so from an individual point of view and from a business point of view, having adaptable people and being more adaptable is just becoming more and more important and will be a competitive edge. And what we know from our, our research, and I'll talk more about that in a second, is that when it comes to change, change is rarely the problem. It's our natural human tendency to resist change that becomes a challenge, both for the change, but for ourselves in terms of how we how we experience the change and whether it comes from a place of fear and uncertainty or a place of possibility, creativity and innovation. So I mentioned our research. Let me talk about that for a second. Um, well, actually, I should probably talk a little bit about me because the two things go hand in hand. So my background in psychology and interpersonal communications, and I spent a decade working in qualitative and quantitative research, both working agency side where we had a plethora of, of clients from British Airways to Lloyds Bank to Virgin Media, lots of big names. I then worked client side for Unilever, which is why I know them quite intimately. And um, just under a decade ago, left that world and set up my company, which is known as Symbia. And, you know, so we, we focus on leadership and, and professional development. And some people have said to me, wow, what a career change. It's so different, you know, going from research to leadership. But no, it's not different at all. Let me explain why. Because it's all about human behavior. My whole training and background was all about understanding the psychology of decision making, how and when people show up, the behavior and behavior drivers and how we change behavior. But for the first decade of my career, it was focused on using that insight to help brands, to help business and to help companies sell more ultimately. For the last decade, I have shifted that focus to really help people show up more, to perform more, to really bring out more possibilities and actualization in their life. And as part of the work that we do with teams, we always do research. Why? Well, because we have many leaders coming to us with challenges. They come to us with a brief, whether they um, have a newly formed team or going through a restructure or see some dysfunctionalities within their team. And often, but but not always, actually, to be honest, is quite rare. We have teams that are that are functioning really well and they want to take it to the next level. And we, you know, look, we, we love working with all different types of teams. I actually personally love working with teams that are, that are really facing challenges because there's a lot of, we can, we can really deliver a lot of value and, and quite dramatic change there, but it's not the easiest of course, because we're dealing with emotions and, and all of the, 
all of the different layers of being human. But we always, as part of the work we do, we always run a diagnosis phase. And that's because, look, by by being a leader or coming to us as HR professional, by the pure nature of your role, you don't know everything that's going on. You can't know everything that's going on. Information is being withheld from you because of your position within the business. And that's where we come in and we run one-on-one interviews. We have surveys, but we're really trying to get underneath the skin of teams. We're trying to move beyond symptoms and to root cause of challenges and issues. And what I can tell you is the root challenges are always human-based. They are more often than not about our own inner beliefs, our own fear, our own lack of communication. And then that shows up in a certain way as we show up in work and in business, it shows up as more behavioural things, as inability to make decisions, inability to agree, lack of collaboration, and so on. Anyway, the reason why I'm telling you this is because there's about 20 years of research that goes behind the work that we do. We're in conversation with leaders and their teams all of the time. We run at least you know, 40 one-on-one interviews a month, if not more. So we have very much have our finger on the pulse of what's going on with your people. And that work is global. We work with people all over the world, Japan, Brazil, South Africa, through Europe, etc., etc. And that gives us like macro insight on what's working, what's not working, and what the hopes and fears are for the future. And so it's worth saying that what we know and what we see right now is that people are struggling in 2020. And the reason why they're struggling is because, well, there's a paradox in leadership. There's many paradoxes in leadership. We are always managing polarities. And those polarities might be, uh, let's say, quality and speed, global and local sustainable and affordable, individual and team, right? I'm sure you recognize some of those polarities. And polarities aren't things that you solve. They are there to be managed. But one polarity that hasn't been so obvious until 2020 is revenue and well-being. As we pursue revenue and we try to recession-proof our businesses or we try to recover revenue, it is coming into direct competition with well-being. We're seeing people work around the clock. We're seeing people have lost their boundaries between the business and life because most of us are at home and trying to navigate what it means to work from home and perhaps with small children at home or fears around the health of um, elderly relatives, etc. And we're not really doing a very good job. We're not doing a very good job because our inner game, our mental fitness was not up to scratch, quite honestly. We, yes, we've been going to the gym and yes, we've been looking after our diet, but for years we've neglected the inner game. That has to change and it has to change both because we needed to. We have been thrown into a tumultuous year that no one has been prepared for. But we also wanted to because 
with there are only good things to come from better understanding our inner world and acknowledging that having a mentally fit workforce is good for the individual, good for society and good for a business. It is trifecta and it can become a competitive advantage. So what can you expect from this podcast series? Well, you expect great conversations about this topic of mental fitness and how it relates to business. And we're going to share good examples. We're going to share not so good examples because they're the ones you really learn from. We're going to bring in guests. Um, we've got a multitude of guests actually that work in the companies that I mentioned. So we're going to bring in some CEOs. We'll bring in um, heads of learning and development, heads of HR. But we're also going to bring in people that are that have demonstrated how they've leveraged mental fitness and the inner game to overcome some major obstacles in their lives and also achieve some fascinating feats in the world along with in their lives. So you may have questions, please share them. You can send them in to team at symbiapartners.com. And yeah, I just can't wait to dig in and looking forward to having you come to our next podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Hidden Edge. And if you enjoyed it, remember to subscribe and leave a review. If you're looking to up your mental fitness game, then visit symbiapartners.com where you'll find all of the latest mental fitness resources for leaders and for teams.